0: I believe that it's a big learning process, and it can take from as little as six months of being home, to guys I've talked to that have said it's been 12 years, until they've just now got their bearings back and been like, I actually feel pretty proud of like the person I've become. In this episode, Dan and I sit down and discuss future goals for our company um, underneath United Valor, we go over kind of the mission that we've been on so far, developing this book called The Twenty Year War. So we want to kind of give more insight as to what's going on in our company, uh, future podcasts that are going to be going on, and just a, you know a brief overview of what it's like to actually drive around, you know, touring these different towns, interviewing these different veterans, and just the wonderful experience we've had so far. Real stories, real heroes, for a real cause. This is Never Left Behind, the podcast. How good is this quality sound?
1: Dude, so much better.
0: This is like from the first episode, and we go into this, and we invest actually some money into some equipment, and it sounds way better.
1: It's a, it's quite the difference. Yeah,
0: I it's like it. It's pretty impressive. It's cool because it's like, um got our own little studio now we got some great sound and obviously a lot of people that we want to interview and that's kind of like now we can just grow from here and take it to the next step
1: we've taken the next step that's the thing like you get the setup you get the studio you got the audio we've tested all the different ways that people will call in like i think we're pretty ready
0: yeah and shout out we are not sponsored whatsoever i wish we were i wish we could say we were sponsored but sure hooked it up with like the that. microphones yeah like basically called them up told them what we're doing with veterans this podcast our company united valor didn't think they'd pull it through because they'd never do this kind of thing especially with the holidays and being on back order everyone during you know covid lockdown everyone's starting a podcast right now yep and then all of a sudden i think within three hours after my email, they're like, all right, we're sending you some microphones. Yeah. So,
1: and it was quick. I mean, they, we literally, they sent them the next day and yeah, give us the shipping information everything.
0: I think it's cool cause it just means a lot. Like when you send something out there and it's going to help other people that a company like that would hop on board. I never thought they would. So again, it's I'm showing them out because of how cool I think it is that they want to help, you know, kind of produce this thing and, and help yeah. back it. There's not a lot of companies that would do that for us, I don't think.
1: Well, it just goes to show that, you know, what we're trying to convey, the message that we're trying to share with people is important and people, like, can get behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, So, you know, hopefully this is the first baby step into, you know, really being able to impact people and them listen to these stories and, you know, hopefully get a lot from it.
0: Well, I totally want to be like, transparent too with everybody because i want listeners and people that follow us on social media and go through our website to grow with us yeah you know, obviously we're just starting so in our minds we want to have a, a very top-notch quality so that's why we decided to go with some of the best microphones in the business yeah. but outside of that i i want to have faults and i want to have areas to where we struggle with you know like video that's going to be our next investment you know decorating more of our space but it's cool to start it this way And I think it's a lot more professional than I think a lot of like startups so far, even for a second episode.
1: Yeah. Again, baby steps. First, uh, first step in the right direction. Hopefully.
0: Uh, I just want to go fast. I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, speaking of which
0: we got a fact check right now. Yeah.
1: So, um, I went back and I listened to our first podcast and when we were, you know, when I was sharing my story and everything, I even, you know, took a half second pause in a few different areas because I wasn't 100% certain about what I was saying. And I don't want to share false information with people. Um, obviously, that was not my intent whatsoever. Um, I don't think very many people, if any, anybody's really listened to the first podcast yet, hopefully, you know, this is the second one, they'll immediately listen. But um, uh, yeah, there was just some things. I went back and I listened to it and I was like, you know what? I don't think that's right. And so I wanted to make sure I clear the air. But the other thing I wanted to, to make sure with this is, you know, when veterans are sharing their stories, when anybody shares their story, you know, they're, they're, they're given as much information as they remember, as they, they can recall mm-hmm. at the moment. And uh, we never want to, you know, have an opportunity or, or do something where obviously we're sharing false information, but we also don't want to put other people down for their message that are they're trying to share.
0: No. Cause I think a lot of these guys aren't just coming back from like a year ago. Like they've exactly. literally been back home for 10 plus years.
1: I mean, I'm recalling stuff from 14 to, you know, 14 to eight years ago, yeah, eight fuck, to 14 that's, years ago. So that, that's, I mean, so that's so long. a long, long time. Um, and yeah, there's people that were, you know, have lined up to interview. It's even longer than that. So, mm-hmm. you know, trying to to recall it and get it hundred percent accurate is very difficult. What, what are
0: your facts? Cause you, I'm obviously reminding you, but I don't know. Yeah. So what areas do you feel like you need to So
1: this? I'll, I'll go down the list. I made a list. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the, one of the first things that I said was, uh, I just can't, couldn't do mental math at the time, apparently, but I said I was in for six years and that I got out at 26 but I joined at 17. That's that math oh, doesn't line up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'm wondering if I am are actually
0: going to listen and be like, ah, I don't know. Shit.
1: I don't know. But I joined when I was 17. I separated active duty at 23 and I served for two more years till I was 25. Okay. At, in the national guard. So I served two more years in the, in the guard.
0: Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense.
1: Yep. Um, another one I got wrong, just, I guess I recalled it wrong, but the difference between or I said USASOC or, or United States Army Special Operations Command. I think I, I got the units wrong, basically, that align under those. So I wanted to make sure that was clear. Um, so I was under USASOC, 75th Ranger Regiment, other than the um, Regimental Reconnaissance Company mm-hmm. under 75th Ranger Regiment. All of them fall under USASOC. So you what is USASOC? US Army Special Operations Command. Gotcha.
0: So, Fuck, that's long.
1: Yeah. Within each branch, there's a special operations or yeah, special operations group. So um in the Navy, it's a naval special warfare. Um, and so under that is like Naval Special Warfare. Um, they've got some like military intelligence branches, a bunch of other branches. Um, SEAL team six falls okay. under them. So all that, and then under USASOC is uh I think technically so all the special forces groups fall under them a bit like green beret. Yeah. Delta green force. beret. Uh, I believe Delta force does, but they kind of teeter on a, on a weird edge and okay. so do we during deployments. Um, so yeah, so, uh, special forces, army Rangers, uh, one SOAR, which is the um, special operations aviation, um, regiment. Okay. And so we've all fall under USASOC, um, and then there's MARSOC, which is Marine Special Operations Command. They fall under that too? No, no. no they're separate. Again, okay. each branch has their own separate special operations. Yeah, yeah Okay. And then um, during operations overseas, then we're under a different umbrella um, depending on what our mission set is. So overseas for uh, 75th Ranger Regiment, for the entire time I served, I believe we were under uh, Joint Special Operations Command, mm. all six of my tours. Um, and that's kind of like a, a mixed bag where they, you know, uh, seal team six, uh, other, uh, naval special warfare groups fall under that One hundred and sixty is SOAR is under that. Uh, we kind of all, that's why it's called the joint special operations command gotcha, okay. It's joint forces, you know, from all the different special operations groups. Yeah. So, okay. So I wanted to get that right. Make sure that I was kind of clear about that. Cause I, I think when I stated it, I stated it wrong. In case um, people give a shit yeah because they're gonna be like oh he's he's uh, you know uh i don't know uh, stolen valor or something like that oh know. geez i don't know what shit they would come up with but anyways i wanted to clear the air about that um another one that i said is that i went to slc and that's when i had my heart condition i was in alc so there's three different leadership courses you have to go through in order to gain rank in mm-hmm. the army uh the first one is a warrior leaders course so wlc um the second and that's to usually get the rank of sergeant or e5 okay um then you have the advanced leaders course which is to get your e6 or uh, staff sergeant mm-hmm. and then there's a senior leaders course um which will get you uh e7 or sergeant first class oh okay so i went to alc uh I think I was promoted to staff sergeant right before I went to E6. Yeah, but like you have to be, I'm pretty sure the way it worked for me because I was promoted pretty early too, is I actually had to uh, um, be enrolled in the course before they would promote me.
0: How did you get um, promoted so fast?
1: So within Ranger Regiment, it's pretty typical to get promoted relatively fast. Um, Is it
0: because you're kind of like special forces, you're the next step up? kind yeah, of sense
1: kind of so you i think all branches are the same as far as you get promoted based on like military experience points time and service things like that um obviously all the schools that we have to go to within special operations across the board um really elevates you to different points mm-hmm. really quickly and so you get promoted relatively fast um basically they throw every school at you possible Mm. for really your first probably four to six years in the army
0: so you're going through like education while you're there then too
1: yeah but it's most of them are specialized like um like airborne or pathfinder or um, ranger school like they're all specialized or seer school um or you know uh, it's a survival army survival school mm-hmm. seer school um so things like that like uh you're constantly going through these schools you're gaining the points basically for promotion um, so it's really easy to be qualified, but then years of service definitely come into play. So, uh, when I got promoted, I think I was like two months past the threshold. Oh, okay. So I was like one of the E youngest E sixes, I think probably How were across you? the Remind Army. Me. Uh, I think I got promoted to E six when I was 21. Jeez. Yeah. So no, no, no. I, sorry. Take that back. I went in front of the board. So in regiment, I don't know if this happens in other spe- special operations, but within regiment, um, you still have to go in front of a board, which is in front of like first sergeants and and the sergeant major and things like that. And mm-hmm. you have to, you know, do the whole rank and file. You show how, you, you know, basically show that you can march around, show that you know the Ranger Creed and uh, and uh, Army Creed and all these other things, and spit off a bunch of facts, and then they basically throw a bunch of really fast fire questions at you to try and throw you off to mm-hmm. see if you're going to get flustered or, or, uh, throw a wrong answer at them. Or if you do throw a wrong answer, are you going to stick with your answer? Or are you going to, you know, if they question you on it, are you going to deviate from that? Like they do a bunch of different things to kind of throw you off kilter. Um, gotcha, but I, I went through that. And, uh, what was funny is you also have to say your bio in front of the board and it's pretty typical. To say like where you're from, how old you are, how many siblings you have, where you went to high school, uh, where you're going to college, if you're taking college classes, um, what special schools you went to in the military. Um, But when I was gearing up for it, I remember uh, one of my squad leaders or a fellow squad leader at the time, uh, he was like, do not put your age in it. (laughs) He was like, I know it's normal and they're probably going to be listening for it. He was like, but do not say your age.
0: Just in case they don't want to promote you. Well, yeah, because,
1: you know, yes, people do get promoted young, but I was probably especially young.
0: Um, yeah, there's probably, they look at it as like a leadership within a certain age.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So Just certain responsibilities and capabilities. I mean, 21. <laughs> that's,
1: young. that's young. I mean, that's young to be leading anybody and people don't come and into regiment. Too, like Yeah, and people don't come into regiment. Like, yes, the highest percentage are probably straight out high school, mm-hmm. um, but that's, you know, maybe... 60 to 75 percent. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But people come from other branches or not other branches, but other units like they'll have experience elsewhere and they come to regiment or they'll be, you know, a few years of college or they'll take a few, you know, a few gap years trying out other jobs or whatever, then join the army. Um. So like I think I had. I know I had two people in my squad that were one definitely was older than me, uh, and then another guy was the same age as me, but you know, he was like two ranks be, behind you basically. Okay. Which is just kind of interesting to be in that state. And then I had other people, other privates that were in other squads, um, that were like, I think one of them was 30 and I was, you know, 2021. 20, so like, tell us dude what to do. Oh my God. Everything. So it's an interesting kind of, uh, environment to be in. Um, but to go, go back to what you you were asking. So, um, yeah. In order to make rank as fast as you do within regiment, you have to get the points. You have to go in front of the board. You basically have to show that you're um, capable of holding the position. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there you get put on a list and it's, it's basically the list quote unquote, the list and they call it that um, it's a promotion list. So they rank everybody within all of the army and, um, Cause they only have so many slots that they can fill at a certain rank. Okay. Um, so you get put in this list and then basically, you know, where you are in the stack kind of de- determines when you get promoted. So I think I, I got put on the list um, the very next month after I went to the board. But I think it took another two or three months before I actually got
0: promoted. Gotcha. So I guess, and if people are, I know that we're going to get it from every branch, but let's say somebody wanted to join the army would you recommend ranger school or is there certain other areas in the army that you'd almost recommend? I mean, I imagine it's different based on what their interests are for sure.
1: However, I think ranger school is the best um, leadership school. Probably you can go to in the army in the military period. Really? Um, As far as a leadership school, there's other schools that I think are more badass. They're more fun, whatever the case may be. You know, they're the, they're the sexy courses you want to go to you I'm know like, like seals and marines and all that uh well no even seals and marines will come to ranger school really um, okay. yeah um it's you know it used to be closed off to um just infantry um or combat roles within the within the army and mm-hmm. then the army opened it up to other uh branches and then they opened it up to even uh not just infantry roles so um, which maybe has adjusted the course a little bit. I don't really know, but, um, you know, some people argue, oh, it's a lot easier now because they opened it up for sure. whatever the case may be. But anyways, um, yeah, I would recommend Ranger school because it is 62 or 63 days of complete hell. Like, um, not, you know, <laughs> thinking through the whole course and everything. It's, it's like one of those things where, um, your mindset the entire time is, you know, how can I get through this day to make it to the next day? Mm -hmm. How can I get through this day to make it to the next day? Each individual day probably isn't really all that terrible, Mm -hmm. but when you are going weeks on end with limited sleep, limited food, um, extreme physical exhaustion, trying to think, you know, right away and react um, to different scenarios that they throw on you, uh it's it's an intense and difficult course and you definitely identify the people who are not fit to be a leader like immediately okay um that makes sense and that's why they do what they do you know they want to throw you you know basically at at your absolute end you know end of the line to where you feel like you're completely broken down can't do anything you can't focus you can't lift something um but then you know you're you're told Hey, you need to still lead your platoon. You need to lead your squad. Basically Um, suck it up. Suck it up. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, it's uh, been really cool is even just getting started, the different guests that we're going to be having on this podcast and uh, just the different guys so far and gals that that we've interviewed on the phone, the ones that I've like driven out to to photograph. It's been kind of like a, I don't know, how to describe it but I don't know it's just like it's been such an eye-opening experience what is
1: um it's like when you go through the process because I I know I know it obviously Mm -hmm. but you know from that first I guess connection that we get that somebody says hey you need to talk to this person this is a perfect person to to share their story with the rest of the world like from that point you know what's the process
0: I get excited about that Cause I always feel like I'm gonna run out of people. Mm-hmm. That's the problem is, and I know I'm not, I just, it's like when I have one person in front of me or on the phone, I give them all my attention. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, the cool thing is that everybody's so humble. So every time I talk to somebody, they're like, my story sucks, you need to talk to this guy. You need to talk to this girl. And I'm like, what? Your fucking story is crazy. Yeah. But like they always recommend somebody that they served with or they're friends with, you know, and, um, or that they just look up to. And I think the next step usually what I take is if it's on a phone call, I'm like, well, what's their number, you know, like, Hey, let them know what we're doing. Let them know. I want to give them a call if they're comfortable, uh, share their number, their email with me. And usually I'll like start either with that phone call or you and I will hop on a call with each person. Um, and then obviously we get some information about them with like their MOS, what branch they served in, how long they served, just some general info. And then it's kind of enough to go off of to where I know how I can place them in this book that we're working on or how we can put them on a podcast. And, and I feel like each person has such an interesting story. And obviously we want to tell a short version of it for this book, but these podcasts I think is where like the, the heart and the soul comes from is really developing these longer richer stories and and even from guys i've talked to recently you know you gotta mix it's it's like some guys they tense up and i can tell it, it can be awkward at times but i feel like we deal with it pretty well we can maneuver and avoid those questions some guys they find self-healing by mm-hmm. talking about it over and over and sometimes I like to share like the more intense stories because it's helping them personally grow and at least project it and get it out there.
1: Yeah. I think, um, you know, from your experience and just from me as a veteran, I, I I know what these, everybody's story is going to be different, but I know what this experience is like as far as formula and I'm like
0: thrown into it.
1: And so, you know, that first time that you took a trip to go talk to a few veterans and, and you got, super excited and, mm-hmm. and kind of emotional afterwards and you called me and you were like man this is this is intense but yeah this is exactly like what i need to be doing it's I've like ne-
0: i've never felt that before like man i'm used to photographing fucking hot models for 10 years <laughs> And hey <laughs> hey there's some hot vets out there fuck i still love doing that but at the same time there's there's no substance um there's no deeper like meaning or story to it and I I feel like like I've said before I've never started a company or done anything with my photography to where it's benefited other people other than myself yeah so this is the first time to where it's like I don't know maybe it's helping these guys you know I hope it is and from the few that I've you know talked to even recently or the ones I've already taken photos of have been so cool and opening where they're just like come out to my house come hang out You know, I want to be on the podcast, you know, it's great what you're doing. And to me, I just feel like it's like, I'm not doing shit. I'm just taking photos and interviewing you. Yeah. But the great thing is that it's opened so many connections with organizations. Mm -hmm. Like I was telling you, there was, um, one gentleman that I spoke to and I took his photo and we went out and, uh, he's got like, I don't know how many acres. I want to say it's over 40, it's quite a bit of acreage behind his house. And the fun thing is that when I show up to these people's homes or we meet up, I don't really set up like lights and like backdrops like a cheesy photographer. I want like raw. So I'm like showing up and I'm like, you know, I saw the like a tool shed in the backyard and I'm like, oh, you build stuff out of wood or what do you do? And he's like, I do a little bit. I built some of my furniture for the house, but I've been cutting down trees um, and kind of clear cutting. And I'm like, fuck, let's get some photos of you like clear cutting. So we literally took his chainsaw out there and took some really in the moment but it in the moment photos i feel like is what's so original for each veteran yeah is it tells more of like what their interests are rather than just like a straight-up portrait
1: well and going back to you know kind of our overall message behind this is like there are infinite number of photos out there of Mm -hmm. a military member in uniform or fighting in combat or whatever but like what happens to that person once they leave and separate from service you know mm-hmm. they they're coming back to a different reality for one but then also you know they're trying to make their own way they're trying to figure out what their hobbies are trying to figure out what you know they're going to do outside of what the military good at. Yeah. yeah and what they're good at and so it's really cool to to share that side of their story you know sharing their combat experience sharing um, their overall veteran experience, but then, you know, see the other side of it, what happens when they come back. And some of the stories, you know, you've already told me that you've been talking to these veterans is, you know, some of them are, are, you know, butterflies and rainbows. They're great. People are loving what they're doing and mm-hmm. others are struggling. Like they're, oh, they're yeah. getting through it. They're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, And so that's, that's the side that I think a lot of people are going to connect with and, and be excited to hear.
0: That that's the hard part for me is the ones that I can tell, are very open with their emotions. um, Fuck that one. That hits me so deep. Like when I called you, you know, when I get so excited after I drive out to these guys' homes and interview them, it's because I actually feel like I'm contributing in a way. I feel like there's a part of me that's maybe doing something good for once in this, you know, with this community and with this business. But the guys where I feel like, I don't think anybody can let go of their past whatsoever, but you can tell there's ones where it's really still on the surface of their skin. And uh, it's weird because I feel like at times it makes me feel uncomfortable in a sense that like maybe I shouldn't be there. But I think that's where I need to push past my, you know, um, uncomfortable feeling. I think we all need to, you know, be put in the uncomfortable zone so we can grow as human beings no matter what we go through. And and I think it's just, it, it makes me uncomfortable in a sense that it's not awkward, but it's just because I don't know what it's like. So obviously there's no relation to the things they've been through. And the only thing I can do is listen. Like I don't, I can't say anything. I can't, you know, be there and be like, they're there. It's kind of like, I'm intrigued and I just want to hear everything, even the expression on their face and and just kind of be there for them.
1: Well, sometimes it's all that people need to is just for somebody to listen, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Not for it to be a two-way conversation, but for somebody to just you know, engage and actively listen to their whole story and just just know where they're coming from a little bit. But, you know, just try and connect with them on a a human level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where this whole journey of the book has been. I mean, we're barely scratching the surface so far. You know, we've I've got so many other people that I want to photograph and interview for this book. But I mean, look at how far I guess in the past. You know, two or three weeks we even come from now we have a publisher that wants to publish this book and put it out there and you know we've got companies that are ran by veterans that want to support us and are putting us through their programs and it's it's a really cool community that i'm not used to yeah it's i almost feel like i don't belong you know me being a civilian and um i'm just happy to see how open most these guys are to where you know i'll be on the road and fuck if i'm driving 10 plus hours are like, no, just stay the night crash on the couch. Like everyone's just so open about it. And I'm just not used to that, that human level of decency and, and respect and honor anymore in our society. So it's just kind of a cool thing.
1: Well, just, I mean, I think the military is all built on honor. That's true. And caring for your fellow man or woman. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you taking the time to go out there and take their photo and, you know share their story somehow that alone is showing that you're honoring them mm-hmm. and so it's very easy for you know people who've been in the military to reciprocate yeah like it's 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 a natural reaction like you show you know that you're my brother you're my sister you're there for me mm-hmm. then you know it's easy for me to to you know have my hand out and support you and, and help you as well so um i'm not surprised that a lot of those veterans have been like, yeah, man, crash here, have a beer with me, you know, whatever the case may be.
0: Fuck one guy was like, Hey, let's load up the guns and let's fucking shoot up some trees and shoot some (laughs) targets. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. like, um, yeah, that that totally makes sense. You know, I didn't, I didn't really put two and two together that obviously no matter what you've been through, because you've been so conditioned to be full of honor that that's always who you're going to be. Yep. And a lot of people lack that, but, um, I just, I guess I want to do this thing differently. I just don't want to be the next photographer wanting to photograph veterans. Like I actually want it to mean something.
1: Yeah. I mean, going back again to what you said is like, you know, you got those first few stories in and Mm -hmm. you're like, well, there's no backing out now. Like you would be doing them a disservice by wasting their time, quote unquote, wasting their time. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I, I still believe, you know, whatever happens, you're definitely still honoring these veterans and you're doing a lot that some people wouldn't even think about doing, Mm -hmm. um, or wouldn't know how to start or wouldn't know, um, you know, the first thing about how to approach this as a civilian. Um, and you're taking that first step. So regardless of what happens, like, I'm, I'm incredibly proud of you, of the company, of what we're doing. Um, But yeah, I I know we're doing something different because every person that we've talked to on the phone or in person or through Zoom or whatever have said, you know, this is something that I haven't seen done yet. And I'm so thankful and somebody needs to be doing this.
0: Well, no one said no yet.
1: Exactly. I I know we will.
0: I, I can't imagine that every single veteran that. I approach with this idea to feature them in the book and do a podcast. There's some that are just going to be like, Hey, you know what? I just want to live an isolated life and not go down that rabbit hole and talk about things or, you know, be featured publicly. And I'm totally understanding and and, um, anticipating that. But so far, I don't know, man, it's just been so many cool people. So many connections have been kind of made and I'm just noticing how big yet small the veteran community is when it comes to like, you know, people are kind of like, you know, obviously we, um, you know, we, uh, have to invest quite a bit of money into this book yeah. and do things like that. And my biggest thing is, you know, finding the right means, um, of, of financial ways to make this happen. But obviously we have a publisher that's helping us through that. Yep. And I think the more important thing is like, fuck, I don't mind paying in a pocket, you know, just to get these stories done. Yep. And to travel, you know, across the country, like I start my road trip coming up in about here shortly, here in a couple of weeks. And basically we'll be driving from North Carolina back to California and then back again. Yeah. And I'm going to be hitting probably, I don't know, 15 states. And so my goal is to really just, man, if there's anybody listening now that are veterans or know people that are veterans that they think would be interesting to the book, I'd love to hop on a call and get them on board. Cause I've already got quite a few that I'm meeting up with and it should be a really fun journey. I want to yeah. try and document some behind the scenes stuff of that. No,
1: that's going to be awesome to document all of it. The whole experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that in itself could be, you know, a book realistically. Um, but yeah, you want to share, you know, talk to us a little bit more about what, you know, what your path is going to be there back time frame.
0: Basically, um, obviously with, The road trips you know you never know with conditions i may be delayed a day or two or whatever so the hard thing is kind of coordinating with everybody you know trying to spend you know each day with at least two veterans i want to offer the fairness to to give these people um as much time to talk and take photos and not just show up like 10 minutes later all right see ya Yep. um so i'm trying to like limit myself to two veterans a day if i can And I want to try and knock out like 25 to 30 different people, but But I'm driving so far. There's two routes, but I think the route I'm going to take is going to be from North Carolina. And then I will cross down through, uh, South Carolina, Georgia, go all the way down. I believe through, um, Louisiana and then cut over into Texas from Texas. I'm then going to shoot a little bit Northwest into Colorado. And then from Colorado going to Utah, um, go through my favorite part of Arches, see some nice. uh, some different desert scenes that I miss. And then go from Utah down through Nevada, the corner of Arizona into California. And then on my way back, I'll be driving a straight line across the 10. So yeah. I'll basically be taking the whole way through Arizona, uh, New Mexico, most of Texas, which is I think I'm going to spend quite a bit of time. Yeah. Um, so far from- A lot veterans. of veterans in Texas. A lot of veterans. And <laughs> I, I think I'm going to spend at least five or six days in Texas and then Louisiana again. And then if I need to, I really don't want to go to Florida. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just never been a state <laughs> that I've been like, oh, I want to go there. You know what I think it is? There's a lot of beautiful areas. And I know there's quite a few veterans that live in Florida. I'm just hating on it because when I think of Florida, I think of the typical like Miami and just yeah. like the- i don't know kind of the crummy kind of area and you know growing up in california where you would drive to the beaches i feel like it's maybe the same i know it's different the water's warmer the beaches have white sand um but i, I think i will i think i will probably drive into like jacksonville take the yeah. 10 all the way to jacksonville which is cool because when i was younger when someone told me that the 10 freeway runs from california to jacksonville yeah i've never done it and so now, cool. now i want to do it and i think it'll be a really cool story to tell that this is how this book was created was me doing three or four cross country road trips interviewing different veterans spending time on the east coast and the southeast and there was just so much uh behind the scenes content you know it might be from my phone or little videos here and there but yeah i'm looking forward to it so i'm hoping i can you know make some more connections um i think the areas i'd really like to focus on is uh texas i'd like to find some veterans in california yeah. southern california, arizona um and anywhere like in the southern states, louisiana all the way to florida. Mm-hmm. is kind of the areas that i don't know too well. i don't really know too many veterans out there.
1: Yeah. Um and and going back a little bit to uh, you know, you said it a little bit earlier kind of making a call for other veterans to you know, if they're interested in being part of this project, like i think we need to be very clear like we're not looking necessarily for you know hot shot veterans we're not no. looking for people who are you know the face of the veteran community right now like the like the social media
0: kind of all-stars
1: we're not looking necessarily for those people not to say that we wouldn't you know highlight them if they want to share their story sure. and, you know they they want to be part of this project 100 like we're supportive of every single veteran but also if you are a veteran And you think you don't have a story to share. I promise you you do. Yeah, I guarantee you. Yeah. So like, even if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, oh, no, you know, they they don't want to talk to me. They don't want to take my photo because I don't really have anything to share. Like, no, you do. 100% I do. You do. You have something that, you know, is unique to the veteran community, whether your your experience was, you know, fantastic or whether you went or it was terrible or Mm. you went overseas or you didn't you know, everybody has a different story to share. And, you know, we've all been in support of the war on terror at some point or another in Mm -hmm. the last 20 years. And so, you know, that's why we keep saying we want to talk to people from every branch. We want to, you know, tell the untold stories of these veterans. And we want to share, you know, kind of the, uh, the behind the scenes or the, you know, it could be anything. It could be the family life that goes on, Mm -hmm. you know, while deployed, it could be the, uh, once you come back from overseas and, you know, you're trying to reintegrate with society or you've trying to start up your own business or you have started up your own business or you, you know, anything you want to share, like we want to, I guess, allow people to realize that this community is large. Yeah. Um, You know, it's a large population group within the United States and um, veterans have a unique experience that will benefit not only, you know, other veterans, but also the civilian community because, um they've they've volunteered for something that was bigger than themselves to mm-hmm. put themselves out there to you know uh, to support a mission to be there for teammates to lead people um and that's all needed in business that's all needed in society for and, sure and when you know veterans are shunned or pushed to the side that's forgotten that's lost and we shouldn't lose those skill sets and those opportunities um for veterans to shine and veterans know how to lead they know how to follow they know how to you know do grunt work how to you know do whatever they need to do to Absolutely. get the job done um and they're very focused on mission so that's why you know all veterans across the board we want to talk to them well
0: two things is i think that um my biggest thing is going to the point of saying or people thinking that like oh, my story doesn't matter they don't want to talk to me when i say 100 i do it's because if you served overseas that's a story that i want to hear in a sense that like i don't I don't want to hear stories of, you know, of some crazy firefight or or whatever the case may be. If they want to share those stories or they have something like that, then great. But I think most of these people are going to think I don't have an epic story like that. I don't have I saved this many people and I did this. It's like I want to hear what happened when you got home. Yeah, like I think that's the important thing about our company is that we're doing something different on a level that we want to help support these veterans in a way that just by hearing them about where their life has taken them, turning back into civilian lifestyle, you know, post-war, whether they're still struggling right now, I don't care if they've got alcohol addictions. I don't care if they're having suicidal thoughts. I don't care if it's like they start up some crazy, you know, triple A company. I want to, I want to hear it all. And, And I think because the biggest thing is that with people like me that are civilians, there's this divide that I almost want to try and to bridge, but carefully, in a sense that I don't wanna dishonor veterans that have fought overseas and have lost brothers and sisters, but in the fact that most of these veterans are now working in a civilian industry when they come back. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of these companies don't know how to deal with that. Yeah, You know, because it's like I've said before, is that when veterans are around that kind of gung-ho mentality and it's, and it's that really, just vile kind of shit that you see on a day-to-day basis, that's who you are. That's, you were broken down when you went through basic training and they rebuilt you. And so you became desensitized by a lot of things. So when you come back over, it's normal for you to act a certain way in certain elements. You know, maybe someone says something and it just triggers a response out of you that you're used to. Mm -hmm. But I think that a lot of, um, I don't want to call civilians, but I think that a lot of people in general get so kind of sensitive about that to where they take it the wrong way and they immediately like let go of their employees that are veterans yeah. or they find ways that they can't relate to them. And it's like, I believe that it's a big learning process and it can take from as little as six months of being home to guys I've talked to that have said it's been 12 years yeah, until they've just now got their bearings back and been like, I actually feel pretty proud of like the person I've become. Yeah. So incredible. I, I think that's probably, you know, I would agree. And I think you would agree that that's our biggest thing is hearing more of the stories of like, Hey, fuck you enlisted, you deployed overseas. You were involved in that shit. Where's your life taking you? That's yeah. what I want to hear.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, without going too much into it, like I, I, I just did an exercise with my company that I work with now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, basically we we threw them in the ringer without going too much into details basically you know showed them different tactics techniques and procedures for room clearing for doing different things and kind of related it back to you know why do we do this in a, in a leadership aspect you know you know checking each other six you know pulling security for your team that's moving whatever the case may be mm-hmm. um, again without going too much into the weeds but from that experience you know i've i've heard feedback from just about everybody that you know that was an incredible experience and now they they're starting to connect things within you know business of why um you know say you're going into a meeting and somebody's off the rocker and you know they're freaking out or you know they think it's the end of the world or something's bad is about to happen or whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. um why you need to go into it even if that person is part of your company and they're freaking out why you need to have their back basically Mm -hmm. be with them be one team you know in that experience and just going through a bunch of different scenarios like that with people and i think the more you can share um the veteran experience and connect it to the civilian world the better off everybody's going to be um
0: and what it sounds like is through that you know um i think through that activity i guess you would call it that you did with these people in your company I feel like it helped them relate a little more in a sense that they never understood before. So what that brings is vulnerability and it brings more of a level of leadership and understanding that, Oh, this is what these guys went through on a day to day basis. So if fucking Johnny starts freaking out, (laughs) I know how to kind of like, deal with it in a sense. Well, what it did for me too,
1: as, you know, a veteran, you know, I did uh, helped basically with the training as well. Uh, we brought in a bunch of people from special forces basically to conduct the training, but I also helped co-teach with it. Um, Mm -hmm. what it did for me, one, it brought me back to, you know, my experience in, in regiment and everything, but also it opened the door for me to be able to use, you know, military lingo with people within my company, to, um, you know, to relate business to my military experience and share that with them. And now instead of me just going into it and be like, well, you know, when I was in the army, I did this and them just being like rolling their eyes or something like that. Now they can connect and they're like, man, I, I understand why this is so important. Yeah. Like I I am now listening. I'm actively listening to what you have to say because I went through some training and realized that, holy shit, like veterans do know what they're doing mm-hmm. and they're proficient at it. Um, because you know the military is geared to basically make every man and woman as proficient in their job as possible yeah. and the shortest duration possible it's and that just, just doesn't happen yeah. that doesn't happen in the civilian world like it just doesn't happen and so um that's why I, I think it is important to share these stories to share with you know connect with the civilian community um because then hopefully, you know, when people do go into meetings or something like that and start throwing around some military lingo, they don't just roll their eyes and be like, oh, man, I don't know what they're saying. Yeah. You know, it's stupid veteran. He doesn't know what he's talking about or she doesn't know what she, she's talking about. They can then become an active listener and say, hey, you know, you, you made that comment about this. Um, explain that to me a little bit more. You know, tell me tell me a little bit more about like what you had your experience and why, um, you know, you think this would be valuable for us to
0: apply to our business. Well, that's the thing all about business is. You can't grow a successful business without, you know, having a, like a family and a connection. Like, I feel like the manager roles are so misconceived nowadays Yeah, that it's like, I'm your boss, you know, I'm going to tell you what to do. And it's like, it's better to lead. And if they understand that veterans have already been leaders and they have already been led, but maybe in a different way, it's all about putting your arm around that person. Yeah. And even in a business sense and being like, Let's make this happen. Let's, uh, you know, what is it that's bothering you today? I want to I hear you out. Fuck, let's go get out a fucking cheeseburger. Let's leave yeah. work. Like, let's go sit down and like just hang out for a minute. Like, don't worry about it. You know, and I think that like, at least as far as me being in business, I've been in companies where it's been so comfortable like that. I felt like I could go to my boss as a friend, separate work a little bit and and just see the humanity behind it that they actually wanted to relate to whatever I was going through.
1: Yeah. I can't tell you how important that is. Like, uh, management and leadership is really easy to boil down into four words. As you manage things, you lead people. And like, if Mm -hmm. you can understand that, that, you know, a a person is not a thing that you dictate their time, their money, their experience, but instead you relate to them as an individual and you realize that their time is valuable, that they can be a cost benefit to you and to the company and that they have experiences to share with you then you know everybody's going to benefit from that mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I, that's a message that I'm I'm sharing again with my company right now is is uh the difference between leading and managing and I think everybody is on board with you know wanting to follow that message but I think veterans do an incredible job of you know I, I, no no rank within the military that I can think of has manager in a rank or title Mm -hmm. there's there are managers like uh there might be like equipment manager things like that but i mean again that's a thing you know what i mean equipment manager the the uh supply room manager like you know what i mean you're managing things you're not managing people that's why it's so disconnected from you know the leadership aspect you know leadership is is again about
0: people well i think that's our goal eventually too is to You know, I think that to describe what our business is doing is obviously connecting that gap between civilian and veteran communities, it's also there to support the veterans and share their stories and and to direct them to the correct organizations that are actually benefiting veterans and making the change. But I think the biggest thing is that eventually I want to see our business go down that route to where Maybe we are doing public speaking. Maybe we are going to these big businesses yeah. that maybe have veterans that are working for them, and they're just like, "Hey, w- we need to figure out how we can talk to these people." Yeah, you know, we want we want to bring you guys in and and just sit down with us and have a meeting and let's talk about you know what they go through and why the leadership is different and you know what if this happens and I think that's where you're really good at is is having that understanding of being a veteran but now working in a civilian industry yeah. is being able to help these companies better understand their employees that are veterans and I, support them even more. I think all these, you know, veterans
1: and I, you definitely can't say 100%. There are definitely some turd veterans out there. For sure. I, I would say I mean there's just shitty people. There's just the shitty world. people in general that join the military or whatever the case may be, but in general for the most part um you know, every veteran that works in a business if they are not allowed the opportunity you know to show what they have basically you have untapped potential within your company mm-hmm. like you you have you have an individual that has a lot to share that can really help in business in a lot of different ways and it could be from the leadership aspect it could be from the um you know building your standard operating procedures because the their ability to follow attention to detail and look at the you know the finer things that people wouldn't think about um you know, it, it could be any of those number of things, but yeah, I, I, I hope, you know, the, our bigger message with the company is like bridging that gap between civilian and veteran, but then opening the eyes for a lot of civilians mm. that there is a lot of untapped potential in veterans if, uh, you know, if they don't, if they don't open the door for veterans to basically share their experience and share their, their knowledge and, um, you know, just give them an opportunity to grow and flourish.
0: Yeah. I think it's, um, I think that's a very, um, looked over, you know, thing that's happening right now. And like you said, I mean, if you're a shitty employee, then yeah, by all means, it's like, fuck, you gotta get let go of at some point, veteran or not. Um, but if you're really putting in your all and something just isn't clicking, maybe something is still on the surface and you just feel like, obviously I can imagine, if you're a veteran, when you come home, you can't relate to any of these people around you. So especially in the workforce, it's like you got a guy in the fucking lunchroom that's like, So uh did you fucking kill people over there? And it's like, <laughs> no shit. Like, yeah. yes or no, who cares if they did or they didn't? But it's like just civilians. I mean, we ask the most awkward fucking questions and the dumb questions. So well, I think I think- it's almost finding ways to to address those. Um And and the ones that are really hardworking employees find ways, maybe if they aren't good in a certain area, find a spot for them where they can help with leadership or they can help, you know, educate employers on how to go about it. Well, uh, two things uh, real quick. The
1: first one is uh, out of anything else, veterans are probably one of the most trainable populations you know, in the workforce. I can agree with that because you go to basic training, you're getting trained the entire time. You're basically being force fed uh, a ton of information. You're drinking from the fire hose every single day. Uh, Even when you get to your unit or you go to specialized training and things like that, like everything is on such a short condensed version of like a civilian version of teaching and learning Mm -hmm. um, that, again you don't get that anywhere else so like a veteran will not saying that they're going to learn and retain information really quick but if you have a good training program and you give information to a veteran mm-hmm. i guarantee you know depending on on i guess how yeah. it's given how the information is presented um they'll probably retain it and understand it sure. and work with it faster than a larger percentage of the population mm-hmm. Um, but going back to, to another thing you just said, um, I think for me, like that's the reason why I didn't share my veteran experiences because Mm -hmm. of those people that are like, will say dumb things like that when you say, oh, I am a veteran, I served overseas and they're like, oh, did you shoot somebody? And I think that's part of the reason why I suppressed some of that, you know, some of my experiences as being a veteran is because I just don't like those conversations. Mm. I don't want to have them with people.
0: I think it's awkward for everybody.
1: It's awkward for everybody, but I've come to the realization that, you know what, if I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to share my experiences and I'm going to, um, you know, I feel like I have something to give, you know, then I have to realize that those things are just going to happen. You know, people are going to ask the dumb questions and that's okay like you need to realize and i have i've been building or like um growing in that way that you know i need to share my experiences i need to share you know when i think a, a college kid um come into our company or something is doing something dumb and it's like they waste of their time or whatever i need to be okay to be like hey you know it's probably not the best thing to do because you know in my experience in the military this will happen it'll stick I with coach you them the case coach them yeah you know kind of lean into that leadership aspect of it um, because again, it op- it opens the door for those awkward moments, but you just need to be okay with it.
0: Yeah, totally. I think it's, I know we're going on with this topic quite a bit, but I think it's that's what we've been actually talking with, with organizations and um, different veterans so far. This has been kind of the ongoing, I guess, lack of a better term, struggle that's been happening in the workforce is that obviously there's a lot of great companies out there that I would say know how to deal with their veterans. And personally, if I was obviously we're business owners, um, dude, I would fucking hire veterans way faster. Yeah. Knowing that like they're coachable and they already have leadership capabilities and they know how to get shit done in a timely manner. Yeah. There's a lot of people that I feel like, yes, you can, Yeah, I shouldn't say you can train everybody. You can train quite a bit of people that want to be trained and they want to learn. But there's a lot of people that just have bad habits. You know, they come from one job to the next and they've picked up those bad habits in the workforce and they bring them to the next company. So with veterans, I feel like it's it's a clean slate and a transition that may be awkward for them. But like you said, if you have the right foundation as a company with training programs, if you have the time, and mental patience to be there for them, I think there's like some great things that can be done. Yeah. And I just think all it is is, you know, getting involved with different HR departments and helping their, you know, yeah. hiring managers and all that to help understand that process, help to get to know their veteran employees a little bit better.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. And you know, like you said, some veterans probably don't do well in some companies, even if it is like in a training environment because the information isn't presented in a way that's like, very clear you know we're we're used to getting something that's task and purpose meaning you're given a job and you're told why you're doing it basically like that's ingrained in you basically day one is task and purpose task and purpose mission first you know and so if you're going into training or you're working for a company and that's not clear like you're just doing something just because you're told to do it but you have no idea why you're doing it i could see a lot of veterans getting burnt out by that really quick and not being successful but that goes into you know yeah, the veteran may not be successful, but you should honestly look at the rest of your company too. There, you know, you probably have a lot of fallout, a lot of turn, it, uh, um, a lot of turnout and things. People just, you know, exactly that you gave a chance to, exactly you believed in them.
0: It's kind of the same thing, like
1: yeah. So it there's a lot of reciprocating things that again, if you know the message, hopefully we can share with people, and you know, if we do get the opportunity to connect with businesses other businesses, and help them out as well, you know, maybe we'll have some of these veterans that have shared their stories and. And uh, you know, allow them to basically share their experience and open the eyes, you know, of of companies to realize you know the potential to these veterans, but also the realization that a lot of the things that you get in the military are easily translatable to the civilian world. Yep. Um, you know, hopefully we we grow and we get to the point of doing that. That would be a you know a major success, I think, for us, but for a lot of veterans as well.
0: I think we can make it happen. And I think just from, you know, my, uh, short experiences so far of working with these different veterans and, um, actually I want to bring up this story because the last veteran that I interviewed, I'll leave his name off the record for now, but it was just such a, it was such a funny, but cool experience because I was, I drove up to his house and he gave me an idea of the directions. He's like, it's a dirt road. And then he lives on a ranch. And, um, I guess, you know, most ranches I've spent time on and work with cattle, it's kind of like, and horses, I understand it's down some rickety fucking dirt road out in the middle of nowhere. But I pull over on the asphalt and I was kind of looking at my phone to make sure I was at the right spot to drive down the dirt road. And all of a sudden I see him come up on a side-by-side. This guy rolls up, no legs, um, <laughs> and just looks like a total badass. Like cowboy hat fucking comes <laughs> up. Hey, are you Bo? I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, yeah, follow me. So then I drive down and meet up with him and his his cousin and his whole family. His daughters are there, his wife and uh, his cousin's wife and their kids. And it was such a cool experience because I totally in my mind thought I was just going to be taking photos of of him, mm-hmm. and it ended up me taking some cool photos, right? You know, right there on the property with this giant oak tree and his whole family lined up, and he's out there with uh, you know his wheelchair, and I don't know, I just. It struck something deep inside of me, or like again, like you used to know, I said when I called you that one day, and I feel like I'm doing something right. I feel like this is where I'm meant to be. I love those stories, and I want to continue those. And I know I've yeah. we've got a lot more, even than what the ones we've talked to on the phone that are like, hey, you know, come out to my house. I'll be working on my motorcycle. Take photos of me doing that. Yep. And I think that's the important thing is that I want to capture these people in their natural element, not just a backdrop, not just a portrait, but something cool, something. That deeper that tells their story. You know, maybe they're in front of a business that they started. You know, maybe like you, your hobby is hockey. You yeah. Know, I took photos of you on the rink and like this guy, he grew up ranching. So I got photos of him in his wheelchair next to those horses. And it's just, it's such a a cool dynamic. And I'm just, um, I'm stoked to get this project even further along, meet up with more veterans and get this book out there for next year. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's, I wanted to, um, speaking of which i think you know leading with that is obviously with listeners I'll, I'll say it again you know if there's veterans obviously listening or you know anybody i kind of want to take the time to at least address that we are looking for more people to, you know interview and talk to and take photos and by interview i mean it's nothing professional it's like the most like relaxed it's a conversation oh it's so easy it, it's kind of like even the guys that i've met up with so far were like i was not expecting this i was expecting it to be like this awkward some guys have had anxiety you know right before i came out there and then when i showed up and it's just me this fucking 30 year old guy coming up with a camera no lights no team with me i'm like what's up man they're like oh fuck, this is chill yeah and i'm like yeah you wear what you want you know we'll capture it where you want um we'll hang out drink a beer it's it's just such a relaxing rejuvenating kind of feeling so i want to at least call to action that you know i want to get more people involved in this especially this road trip coming up i want to try and line up some connections with texas california colorado arizona louisiana florida and uh
1: you know the definitely the connecting with individual veterans is a huge part i mean that's probably the bulk majority of it but also we want to you know, reach out to veteran organizations that we knew are, know are making a difference in veterans lives. Like we've Mm -hmm. gotten direct feedback from veterans that said, if this organization didn't exist, I don't know what I'd be doing. Like, you know, this veteran organization has given me a purpose again, whatever the case may be. Like if you are, um, you know, part of one of those organizations and maybe you don't want to be part of the story, but you want to share um, your experience with that organization, you know, we want to hear that. And then we want to connect with that organization because Mm. again, we want to highlight these, um, these organizations, but these opportunities really for veterans to, to, you know, be involved in the veteran community again, to give back, to find their purpose, um, to really just, you know, go about their lives, not, not worried about, or thinking about, you know, um, how is their veteran experience affecting them negatively? Yep. Instead, we want to flip that. We want to say, you know, how is your veteran experience positively impacting your life? And mm-hmm. you know, how can we, how how can we capitalize on that to where you know everybody's successful? Everybody who served can be successful.
0: Yeah, and I and I think the great thing is that even if these organizations, you know, they're super busy and they've got other things going on, but the one thing I've noticed universally is that fuck they've even been willing to just connect me with people Yeah, you know they're like hey we've got our own stuff going on you know and they're they're nonprofits that are you know taking care of a lot of these people but um the cool thing is that it's it's a big community that's all connected and they're like hey you know what we love this idea that you're doing this project you're working on and this cause and this new company that you're starting we've got some guys that we think you should interview yeah we've got some girls out here that we think that you should totally give a call to and and we've worked with them before and you know, we shared their story, but I think you could share it more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for, you know, the, the connecting with these, these fellow veterans, um, connecting with the veteran organizations, highlighting them, hopefully making, you know, making the path, the future for veterans easier, mm-hmm. um, making the path for them, you know, not necessarily to where some of these organizations or individuals who donate, um you know to where it's not just you know here's a car here's a house here's yeah. you know something but here's your purpose again you know if you don't have it here's your purpose yeah totally um and so I'm I'm excited about that part of it
0: I even want to help uh you know veterans or people that are looking into the understanding of starting a new business cuz we're going through that right now yeah you know we're starting a new business to where there's a lot oh like there's more than <laughs> like I thought that I started a business before this that totally you know, and tanked and, and most of that was my fault. Um, but I'm realizing now the proper steps to take was starting a new business. And there's a lot, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think that it's like, like, what do you think so far? Like with everything we've done, even in the past month, so much has kind of happened with different organizations and connections and all that. Like, what do you think is the things that you've learned so far with all this?
1: Uh, I think the biggest thing is, you know, um, you can rely heavily on your network. So, you know, if you have fellow veterans, friends, uh, family members who've started up their own business or are a CPA or lawyer, things like that, like get their advice, you know, Mm -hmm. listen to what they have to say, get somebody's outside perspective. Um, Because we did that, you know, we talked to a few people and they gave us some advice that didn't necessarily completely change our message, but it did change a little bit of the way we were going about it.
0: It set us back. It it did, but in in a humble way in a good
1: way. Yes. Uh, I I think overall in a really good way. Um, and ever since we've kind of recalibrated, um, you know, our message has been pretty clear. And again, those veterans we've talked to have been a hundred percent behind it, where the people that run those veteran organizations have been a hundred percent behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's one aspect. And then, The other is, you know, you can have an idea for a business, but until you put in the work to actually figure out, you know, how are you going to get this thing registered? How are you going to get your accounting right? You know, what is your actual like go to market strategy? What what is mission success or business success to your business? Like if you don't define all of those things, really, it's just a hobby. You know, you have to go through the legwork to to, you know, put in the time and effort to to make it real. Um because ultimately what it comes down to is, you know, you, you don't want to break the law. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be tax liable and in debt. Um, you don't want to give false promises to people just because maybe you just didn't know. You know, yeah. you don't want to take somebody's money and, you know, say it's for merchandise or a donation or something like that and then not know how to handle it. Like you got to figure all of
0: that out. And
1: that's one thing that I've
0: even learned with um, selling my photography and, and, you know, producing these high quality original artworks and limited edition prints for these people's homes because that's obviously a big thing that i'm doing outside of this but i've learned that um it's a quality control like people are sending me their money and i've got printers in a facility that's producing these artworks and i gotta be a one-man team and manage all that yeah basically be calling in and checking up when are these being shipped out Cool. I got to set aside money for taxes. I got to set aside money. I got to charge these people state tax. I got to do all this. There's a lot that goes into it. And I think that it can be overwhelming at first, but I think as long as you're willing to take step by step and not rush it, that it's totally worth it because the whole business plan to me, you know, I've never filled out a business plan mm -hmm. and I'm just now kind of doing it with you to where you understand more of the business side of things. I'm more on the creative side. Yeah. But it's definitely interesting to have to force myself into that business side and understand it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No. And uh I guess to fill some people in, you know, where we at in this process is, you know, we've we've had the idea, we've started putting content together, we've we have kind of a go to market strategy, I guess, mm-hmm. with what we're planning on doing. We've found a publisher. You know, we're we're doing all of the, I guess, forward facing things that people are going to see mm-hmm. now we're starting to focus on everything that's happening in the background. So you there, know.
0: there's some big things um, definitely coming. And yeah. I think that we've got, we've got the foundation set. Um, most, I would say most people, now actually everybody we've talked to understands what our business is. Yeah. Knows where we're going with it. Knows what our mission statement is. Knows, you know, why we're doing this. I think it's more of the fine tuning of things of, you know, developing that formulated business plan of like how much money you want to make at the end of the year, how much you're donating, how much you got to take out for taxes, like that's even more than that. But I I think the, the cool part has been just developing things daily. And I think it's been like me working on certain pages of the book. And then, like you said, so much has happened in this past month by getting a publisher, which was huge that we landed that. And I'm so excited to be working with them because they understand the things that I don't. I totally thought that like creating a book, even with a publisher required me to like have the best grammar and have the best writing skills so I can write up a story for this book and produce the image and design the layout. And they're like, you can do that or we'll do it for you. And obviously it comes with a price. Yeah. But it's kind of like. It's just great to have that that backup and, and to find people that uh, understand your message. And I think that for people that are starting up a business, that's the main thing is you need to figure out what sets you apart from everybody else, whether you're selling product or it's just a an online service or a brick and mortar. It's finding why are you passionate about it, mm. how long you want to be doing it for, how it's going to change people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and believe me, every business can change someone's life. Oh, 100%. If you haven't answered that question, I think that it's because you haven't really found the niche yet, but but you're getting there. And it's almost like just finding a way maybe your product can make people's lives more convenient. Why would your storefront make people, why would it change their life? Well, if they're coming in every day and they're smiling and they're happy to be there, that's fucking changing someone's life.
1: Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, to, to be transparent to people is like the reason we talked about it before we went on this podcast the mm-hmm. reason you know we want to share this experience with people is because this is new to us
0: Yep, it's scary like i don't want it's, them to learn like the wrong way i'd rather you learn from us who are going to fuck up and we're
1: all going to make mistakes we're, we're going yeah. to make mistakes somebody who's starting a business after they hear this you know will make mistakes but that's okay that's how you grow you know you grow from your mistakes you can't you can't perfection does not come from doing everything right 100% of the time Mm -hmm. leading into perfection. Perfection comes from making a lot of mistakes, learning from it, and then learning the right way to do it. Um,
0: You got to like embrace that fear.
1: Exactly. And so I think that's the cool part. And, you know, I hope people listening to this and stuff will will connect with that. Maybe they're in the process of starting their own business or they've been thinking about it, whatever the case may be, you know, send questions to us. We may not know the answer. We probably don't know the answer, but, you know, it'll be cool to to share resources or share that conversation Mm -hmm. and, and just, um, you know, we'll continue to to update people as we continue to grow this business and, you know, roll out more and more, um, with our company. And if we don't know
0: the answer, we'll find it. Yeah, absolutely. I I believe that we'll, you know, find a way to give you the answer, but I think it's important that we start off this way because I don't want to, I don't want to come across that we have a perfect company yeah i don't want to come across that we figured everything out because we're far from it yeah and i think that i want to grow with like the people who support us yeah i want this to become like a family um community rather than a business Yep, you know legally on paper filing wise taxes money yes it's a company but at the end of the day it's like i want people to listen to this to you know see the social media on instagram we just started facebook we just started you know like all this stuff the website i want them to see that like we are being transparent and we are growing and we're going to make mistakes but obviously we're here to help people maybe not make the same mistakes or yeah. just help them whether it be just supportive through voice or you know through what we're doing
1: yep 100 uh and i think that ties right back into the beginning of the conversation you know i did, i made mistakes Mm-hmm. Um, in our last podcast, I, you know, misquoted some things and I, I wanted to correct those mistakes, but that's okay. Like admitting that and, and sharing that and being like, you know, I made a mistake. I got something wrong, but here's what I can do to make it right. This is what I did to make it right. Yeah. Um, I think is, is beneficial to everybody. So us sharing all that with people, I think is, is going to help, I guess, ease people's reluctance. Maybe mm-hmm. to want to start their own business or want to take the first step of, I don't know, getting fit or reading a book or, you know, doing the things that they've been thinking about doing. They just haven't taken that first step yet.
0: And now's kind of the time, you know, with this global pandemic, you know, like I said earlier, just from, you know, getting these microphones sent to us and um, having companies like that that want to back our cause and just support us you know you're you're seeing a ton of new podcasts let's just use that for an example right now to where i feel like yeah maybe you're stuck at home or you know you can't really go out and do the same things you could do but fuck start writing shit down start reading some books like now's the time to where you can actually get ahead of everybody else yeah in a sense that like if you have a passion or you have a great idea that nobody's done start formulating your business plan start formulating you know what that's going to look like in a year from now because it's like if you're sitting at home and you feel like you got nothing to do fuck. i feel like each day i'm working on something with our company and, and at times i feel like i'm useless like at times i feel like i'm like what am i doing i'm just sitting here staring at the computer but it's kind of like i'm working on future ideas and and future things for our company yeah you know like we've been working on clothing designs and fucking stickers and patches and coffee mugs and whiskey which, glasses and all that stuff
1: yeah which is not to say like we're gonna have a product line next week or next month no it but may be a while it may be a while but if you're not you know thinking about the future if you're not growing you're dying you know that's exactly a pretty common quote from somewhere i'm not sure but you know if you're not constantly trying to do something else to advance you're you're stagnant you're going to fail mm-hmm. um so yeah i know i, I think you know we're, we're i'm sure we're going to make mistakes i'm sure we've already made a few but Um, I, I hope again, people will relate to this. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, like you said, I mean, this is the perfect time to do it.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's, it's like strike now where the iron's hot. Um, because you know, obviously I think things will get better soon. I'm hopeful. I know we're all saying that every month that goes by, but I just think that if I was right now trying to start a business yes funding is limited you know a lot of people are struggling right now with making ends meet but if you can find a way without putting too much money into it designing just a backbone for your business coming up with an idea why you're so passionate about it why you can see yourself doing it for the next 10 years the rest of your life start working on like the the weird kind of the hard things about it now and i think the rest will come um but i'm kind of curious from your perspective. Going back to the book, obviously I'm, again, more on the creative side and I'm more the one who's driving out and interviewing these veterans and taking their photos and obviously calling you afterwards or you're on the phone or you're on a podcast with me with them. What do you think it, how do you feel about so far from your angle of seeing me go out and photograph these people? Like, I guess, what kind of feeling do you get from it and what do you look forward to most? of having this book out there for people to own.
1: Yeah. I'm excited that you do it. Like, (laughs) I'm so excited as easy as that. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. I'm excited that you're doing it. Like, uh, I I wish more and more people would, you know, figure out how to use their talents to, to help others. Um, you know, your, your talent is very clear in photography and, um, you know, you've, you've been building your own business and building your own brand, Mm -hmm. um, as a photographer and, you could have just said you know what screw it i'm gonna focus on myself i'm only gonna focus on my artwork i'm only gonna focus on building my name Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm gonna be but instead you decided to do something that was you know bigger than your name bigger than you it's you know it's going to be impactful and benefit so many people so every time you go out and visit a veteran and every time you go out and uh you know talk to a new person i'm just like dude, this is awesome. I get, it's I get growing. more, I get more pumped up every single time you say, you know, you talk to a new person and every time what the interesting kind of dynamic is, is every time, you know, you talk to somebody and you say, Oh yeah, this person did this. And you know, they told me about this. Then I just instantly like go back into my mind. And and, and if it's something that I can relate to, like, you know, if they're, uh, you know, an AC one thirty pilot or they're, yeah. uh, you know, they were, um, a, a grunt in the air force or whatever the case may be you know or, or in the uh in the army then i can easily relate to like oh yeah what did they do this so we mm-hmm. you know you know were they the pilots did they shoot the guns what did they do you know I'm figuring out all that kind of stuff and it's fun to have those conversations after the fact and i'm i'm more excited i guess not more excited but i'm i'm excited also for the next step you know mm-hmm. for um you know talking to these veterans on the podcast but then also you know developing their stories and 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 seeing the book literally unfold, you know, yeah. in front of us, and
0: that's going to be the really cool thing. And we've talked about, um, obviously, I can share a little bit with it. I think with people, but I think so. Our goal is to interview and photograph. I think my goal, I, I can't set an exact number, but it's it's like anywhere from like sixty to eighty people. Um, it's up there, you know, for the first volume because I plan on doing more of these and doing like a second and a third volume but our goal obviously is to get it all sent to the publisher by the end of March. Um, which is tight. Yes. <laughs> it's very tight. Um, but it can be done. It's just a lot of work. So obviously I want to make the connections with veterans now yep. and, and, and get this done. And, but the cool thing that I think about is how, when you see it go through and you send it all in and then they send you back like, you know, this PDF that they talk about of what each page is going to look like. I'm kind of excited to see like that first rough copy be mailed to us to where we can open it up, have a limited edition, you know, really thick, nice kind of museum quality book. And it just, I don't know. It's going to probably be pretty emotional for me because I'm going to look at all those photos and remember every single story. Yep. Like everything about it. I'm going to remember the sun was shining that day. I remember what exactly what time I took that photo. Yep. I remember you know fucking eating in a little diner before i stopped at that person's house Like, there's gonna be so many little in-between moments that i'm gonna take to the grave and i think that that's what's gonna be the most memorable thing about this not the creative side not designing these pages not you know editing these photos and developing the film it's more just the deeper rooted stories of each person yeah and the look on their face and the feeling and just the energy of that moment yeah. capturing that
1: no i'm uh you know i'd be lying if i didn't tell you i'm i'm a little jealous like <laughs> i am <laughs> like i i seriously wish i could be on the road with you for every yeah. single one and and that It'd i you know, could could experience them i'm hoping you know i can get on the road for a few but you know obviously family work everything here is tying me down but mm-hmm. um you know who knows if we grow this company big enough and and finally i can you know, help with the creative side of it as well. Yeah. I'd love to, you know. I think that'd be
0: great is to, you know, and, and eventually, you know, I was actually introduced to the idea by um, a veteran who brought up me doing like any kind of photo workshops. Yeah. And I never thought about that to begin with because one, I just don't think I'm that great of a teacher. Um, I feel like I know quite a bit about photography for being in it. And um. I feel like I've shot in everything from like weddings to fashion, to landscape, to now documentary and all that. I feel confident. I think it's more, I just don't feel like I'm like fit for it. But anyways, I think it's just, you know, he, he brought up this idea of, of hosting like, you know, 20 to 30 guys, you know, and having them come out, they just want to learn, the manual settings or the aspect of photography, learn different angles, learn how to use their camera settings. And when I thought about it, I'm like, yeah. And then what it really brought up was I'm creating a book and I'm documenting these people. And there's certain hobbies that I feel like veterans want to get into to help distract maybe their mind a little bit or just to get away from work, get away from their family and have some long time, be around guys, other veterans that they can relate to, Mm. especially if they're just in their first few years or even Hell, like I said, some people have taken 12 to 13 years to adjust. They just want to get out and enjoy that time. And I started thinking about it and I'm like, if I can bring these people and we can have a, a beautiful moment and be outdoors and just all line up and hang out and take photos. And when he said that it could save somebody's life, when he mentioned that, like, you never know, there may be somebody on the verge of suicide. There may be somebody on the verge that just is ready to kind of end it and... They're looking for that one hobby that maybe they're passionate about, but they don't understand how to do it just yet. Yeah. And people like you can kind of come in. I was like, I'm fucking sold. Yeah. Like, I almost am in a mindset where, from what I hear, they have these programs on the West Coast, um, particularly from what I remember correctly, was Washington. I believe mm-hmm. there's a group that does it with veterans um, that does this, you know, photo workshop. But he brought up there's nobody on the East Coast or, in the Southeast, you know, in our area, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Virginia, those predominant four states, there's so many veterans. And I feel like I would almost love to do this on like a monthly basis type of thing. Yeah, would, for uh, sure. Outside of creating this book, if it's just, you know, calling up some guys and, you know, teaming up with some organizations that want to, uh, you know, help fund these guys, to, you know, give them some gas money, help them out to, you know, get to certain places or whatever the case may be i'd love to help teach that well i going back to
1: to what you said too is like i i think you should have confidence because your work speaks for your ability Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so you don't have to have the degrees the certifications the you know the 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 fancy um, documents basically that say that you're qualified to do something like there's been plenty of examples to show that somebody can be incredibly successful at what they do. If they just have enough drive and passion and, you know, can show, basically prove that they're able to do whatever job. Yeah. Um, and you've proved all that. So I don't think you should go into it wondering if you're going to be a good enough teacher or wondering if you're going to do well enough, you know, for what the organization is going to look for. Like, again, your work and what you've already produced mm-hmm. speaks for your ability to do the job
0: i think when i say that i just don't want to fail anybody like yeah I don't want and i understand. To sign up and then like me i don't want anybody to go away from the experience and be like i didn't learn anything Yep. Um, i want them to kind of go into it and just me be able to show them how to use their camera and just enjoy the day of being as a little community of people and hanging out and taking photos and shooting the shit.
1: Well, I'm I'm glad you said it exactly like that because that's probably the biggest reluctance from a lot of people, why they don't take that first leap, why they don't take that first chance because they're afraid they're going to let somebody else fail. Mm -hmm. Whether, you know, it's somebody in their family because it's going to be a financial burden or they think that they're going to fail somebody else because they're teaching them something or they're trying to lead them in business or do whatever. You know, the fear of failure is what's going to kill the experience or kill the opportunity. Um, in itself and so i don't think you should i i think you should basically use the fear to fuel your ability to do an incredible job so everything that you're fearing that you think oh i'm going to be missing this aspect or I'm going to be missing that aspect if you think it's incredibly important to teach that then brush up on it a little bit mm-hmm. you know what i mean totally um you know you've got the again the skills and experience honestly even if you just spent the entire time just sharing the information that you knew and it wasn't the full spectrum of everything about photography Mm -hmm. guarantee that's going to be enough information to fill a whole day and it'll be beneficial to everybody there
0: well what my plan would be is to even just go without even a camera in my hands yeah like i almost want to go and just hang out have people come out with tripods or their camera and if they're like hey bo like I see this photo of this tree or the way the light's hitting it, you know, but like, I don't know what settings to use. I want to be beside them. And be like, Oh, here's what I would do. Like, yeah. check this out. Let me show you. I like that angle, but maybe, you know, if they want to know, what do you see? What angle would you shoot this at? You know, what are you envisioning? Maybe yeah. that's something definitely I can share with people and be like, this is how I would shoot it. And I can also teach people. I think I'm much more confident in my ability to help people with like fine art. So if they want to know like the sales side of fine art they want to know how to like print their work the different settings they need to use to print it um you know lab techniques whether they're shooting film or maybe they're shooting digital that's where i'm like fuck you know i'm all ears yeah i'd love to have other artists out there because the the biggest misconception is that a lot of artists are really just snooty they're just like up their own ass and they're kind of like If I don't make it, then nobody else deserves to. And I've definitely been there. There's times where I've looked at artists that are even younger than me that are more successful and have sold more work. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? Yeah. Like, I feel like I put every day into my photos. I'll drive across the country to like spend weeks at a time documenting this stuff and what's going on. But I need to realize that, you know, I got to check my ego at times. And I think that, um, you know. I think that this whole community is just just like veterans and civilians it's meant to be shared. Yep. And the more artists the better because it's just going to it's going to enrich the community and it's going to have more buyers out there that want to buy art. Yep. Yeah, 100%. So, uh there's good competition and everything and I think that that's I think that going back that's something I'd really be interested in doing outside of this book and outside of running our company. I would definitely dedicate a lot of time and I think at least once or twice a month into doing something like that yeah i think you
1: should i mean this is my way of trying to give back and so as much time as i can spend to this you know Mm -hmm. obviously i i I want to and i will um you know if if you have what i'll say quote free time which no time is free yeah but if you have free time um that is an incredible opportunity to again it could it could be so impactful that it could
0: save somebody's life just like that. That's uh, that one's crazy said. is to hear that. Cause it's, that's me. It's almost thinking like photography, like how the fuck does that save somebody's life? Yeah. But.
1: but really when you're behind the lens, you're seeing the world in a different light. Like, I mean, that's honestly why, why take a picture? Like, you know what I mean? Why capture a moment? It's because you're looking at something different than you did, you know, that you you want to capture it in memory that you can't capture in your brain. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You can't process it daily in your brain. You've got to see it. You know what I mean? Daily. You've got to, you know, go through the whole, um, process of, you know, capturing the moment, exposing it, putting it up on the wall or putting it in a magazine or whatever it may be. But that's, I mean, that's why people have done photography and paintings for, you know, millennia paintings for millennia now. Um, is to capture a moment
0: yeah and i think that i will say i want to quickly shout out just because it was the most recent project that i did but the going back i think we were talking a little bit about um i want to highlight some organizations that uh you know we're supporting right now and obviously there's more that we're open to hearing about but the ones that have worked that we've been hearing from multiple veterans one being um an organization called heroes and horses and I recently did a fine art series. It was like six different artworks um, from spread out all over the United States and all shot on black and white film. And uh, it was actually aired on Fox News through our friend. And the cool thing is that, you know, I was able to to donate a little bit. Um, not quite as much as I would have liked to. I think me is, you know, I think about like donating money to organizations. I think big. I think like, you know. I want to fucking write a check for $50,000 to $100,000. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, it's cool that me, a one man kind of team for being an artist can still, you know, make things happen. But I want to talk about them because they did such a cool thing where they, you know, anybody that's into like their ranching lifestyle or even people that aren't, I think they've had guys that have joined their program that have never ridden a horse once in their life. Yep. And they literally take, These veterans, um, they're based in Montana, and they break in wild mustangs. So it's almost like this kinship, this bond of this this untamed man that just came back from overseas or is still struggling with it that is now being face-to-face with this beautiful animal that is also untamed. Mm. And they can come together and almost tame each other in this way where they can understand. Because I think if... If you guys haven't been on a horse, it's like it's a really incredible feeling when a horse understands you and can sense your breath. They can almost slow down your heartbeat and they can sense that and they can sense if you're skittish, kind of like a dog, but on like ten times that level. So it's kind of this really cool organization that takes these veterans into the wilderness for I want to say it's over 40 days and basically take them out there where they're camping and they're learning and they're cooking and they're cutting out sugar out of their diets. You know, they're cutting out alcohol out of their diets. They're doing ice baths and they're working out in the morning and then they're preparing and getting to know the horses and roping. And I think it's such a cool thing. And so this art series that I did was benefiting them. And I think we're actually going to be doing a podcast with the CEO. Mm -hmm. And that'll be a really interesting episode to hear more on his take and you know, his deployments overseas being a Navy SEAL Yeah, and then wanting to start up this business. What are, um, some organizations that you think right now that we've talked to or ones that you're, you know, really supporting? Uh,
1: the one that kind of jump started this thing was uh, fairways for warriors. Yeah. So, um, here in North Carolina, well, but the organization started in, uh, in Florida, um, by a gentleman named tom Underdahl. oh florida yeah and uh (laughs) he um i'm pretty sure i have his last name right i apologize tom if i don't but uh anyways uh uh, tom in florida he he started the organization and and he's not a veteran he never served but he's always had a calling to serve other veterans Mm -hmm. um serve people who serve this country basically um And you could look at the organization initially and just think, oh, well, they just, you know, go on golf outings and they just provide a release for veterans to just, you know, connect through golf, which is a huge aspect of it. Golf is a very calming game. It gets you outdoors. It gets you moving. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an intimate opportunity for you to to connect again on a one on one level because you're spending, you know, up to three and a half hours, four hours on a course with somebody where you can talk about your experience as a veteran, or you can, um, you know, talk, it, it's easy to have those conversations of life outside of being a veteran as well. So, um, you know, I went to one of the, uh, golf tournaments a few months ago and I had an incredible time. I, I loved every moment of it. Um, but he doesn't just stop there. That's not all he does is he also provides opportunities for, uh, counseling and therapy and for, Um, you know, rehabilitation services, all kinds of things that basically, um, fairways and, uh, um, um, fairways for warriors, fairways for warriors has raised money to support. Mm -hmm. And so every veteran that gets, you know, enrolled in this program, whatever is now, you know, on this list um the they have community chat or they have chapters now so they're not just in florida they started in florida they have north carolina virginia i want to say they're starting up a few more chapters this year mm-hmm. um, um the two guys that run it
0: um josh and roy yeah up in virginia are great guys those are two veterans that i yep. went up to virginia and photographed and they shared a little bit about the organization too
1: yeah exactly and every this is why we highlight them is Every person we talked to, not just Josh and um, Roy, but other veterans that I talked to that I went on the golf outing with, every single person had nothing but incredible things to say about the organization that, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the gentlemen uh, that I talked to had a had a pretty significant injury, like had some shoulder and back issues, didn't think, you know, he was ever going to do anything again, really. Um, but then, you know, they have professional, uh, you know, professional, golfers come out and provide instruction and cool. can adjust basically how they would normally teach somebody how to swing the club again um, for somebody who has a physical de- disability mm-hmm. so that they can get out there and golf um and so just you know for all the aspects and things that they they can do to to really accommodate for any veteran they have veterans that you know can't afford to make their way to a golf tournament and you know the organization will pay for a You know a gas card or they'll they'll figure out a way to send an uber out to pick the person up or whatever and take them there like literally they do all
0: all of that they'll send them off court to your house yeah
1: like they they are the most understanding accommodating um you know purpose driven organization that i have been personally Mm -hmm. involved in so far yeah. Um, but I know there's more out there and that's why, you know, we want to continue to do this.
0: If you look up uh if you go on their website or even if you go on Google and you type in Roy Bell and then you type in Fairways for Warriors, they do like a little um write up on him. Yeah. And he I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's one of the presidents of the Virginia chapter. Yeah, I think he think so. out yeah. he's a higher up, um, along with um with Josh. But you know, Roy's story is you know, most people I would say aren't into golf. Um, there's a lot of people that are, but there's a lot of people that have never played before. And I think Roy was one of them. Roy even said that in a statement where he's like, I can't even watch, I don't even watch it on TV. Yeah. Like, but for some reason, I just want to be connected to people. I just needed to get out of my house, get out of my own head, be around people that maybe understand what it's like and be around a community of people that are also, uh, personally growing. And so I think that's a cool thing is like whether you like golf or you don't, if you're local to Virginia or Florida or North Carolina or the surrounding areas and you want to look at the organization, I think there's a lot of uh, opportunity to just connect with people Yeah, um, that can not only hear you, but can share that brotherhood. And um, yeah, they were definitely the kickoff to some of the first veterans that we started photographing and interviewing for this book. Yeah. I mean, the second I talked to Tom because I got involved with various Warriors.
1: Uh I talked to Tom he actually, so I signed up for Fairways Warriors. Mm-hmm. Again, the organization, I don't know. There's hundreds of veterans within the organization. I'm sure they get several that join weekly. Oh yeah. Um, but he saw that I joined and he gave me a call. So you, you know, you have to put your phone over and stuff like that on there. But he called me personally. I That's mean, he's a the president point. of the whole organization and he picked up the phone and called. So I'm guessing he calls every single veteran that yeah enrolls. And we talked about the organization and things that Fairways Warriors was doing and then you know, this was very early on. I talked to him about this idea at this point, it was just an idea for this book. Yeah. And he was like, absolutely. Like, I will send you names. I will, you know, figure out however way I can help you guys. Um, you
0: name it. The Um, cool thing is he's not even a veteran. Yeah. He's a civilian. I believe his father or somebody close to him. Yeah. was in the military. And, uh, he's just, from what I hear, he's just a great guy that wants to take care of those people and i've heard so many stories and i don't want to like uh get my facts wrong but i've heard of just the case of like you know one of the veterans that's part of their program that needed to fly out to the airport to go do something and he drove him personally to the airport yep. and it was like a two-hour drive and then yeah. picked him up on the way back and then he's done stuff like you know recently with the uh the holiday season you know he sent out an email where there's families that may be in need of you know food or money to you know provide the goods on the table and it was like reach out to me i want to help these families out and i think that's like that's where it's at that's where you know there's a difference of putting money into something like that as opposed to i know this helps veterans but you know buying a truck or buying a house that's basically just putting a bandage on the issue and i feel like people like tom and the organization of fairways for warriors and um people like uh micah who runs heroes and horses i feel like those are the organizations to lead by yeah that are actually benefiting and making a change in these veterans lives yeah
1: and we'll definitely like i know we're gonna we have plans for micah to be on this podcast and he's a veteran so it's like easy but Mm -hmm. you know i hope we'll eventually get tom on this podcast too um so he can share you know his side of it hopefully you know i don't know if we've made any you know, incorrect statements, but he can correct anything correct that we it. said. Um, but, uh, yeah, hopefully we can, you know, get him on. He'll, he'll share his side of the story and, and why he does what he does.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, before we wrap, I wanted to, is there any other, um, organizations, anything else you want to touch on, um, that we've talked about, like as far as, uh, the book, or maybe we want to, again, point it out there that we are looking for veterans.
1: Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just, um, you know, we're we're going through this process and hopefully, um, you know, we're learning as individuals, the two of us, but mm. hopefully, you know, we'll build up enough of a community to where, you know, people will basically learn with us um, yeah. and hopefully they'll learn from our mistakes or our successes um, and we can grow together. But, you know, for any veteran business uh, or civilian or veteran or otherwise that wants to be involved um share their you know as a veteran share their story as an organization you know find ways that we can basically share their message and how they've helped veterans um you know hit us up we have our website up now yep. at uh weareunitedvalor.com and we have a email info at weareunitedvalor uh yeah at, is that gmail or is it, it no info at unitedvalor weareunitedvalor.com
0: yeah so i think that's uh the easiest way obviously like um you know, we're, we're getting started with our social media presence. We've got the website up that talks even more detail about, you know, our mission and what we're doing. Um, so again, if you're a veteran and you're listening, whether you're comfortable with it or you're not, if you know guys or women that are, or if you're just a civilian and you've got friends or family that you know, that would be a great part of this project. Uh, the big thing that we're really heavily focusing on um, is the past 20 years. We want to focus more on the global war on terror since the book is called The 20-Year War. Um, so we want to focus on more telling the stories of veterans that have fought overseas in the past 20 years. Yep. And I'm definitely looking for, you know, more people personally to travel out to and and get all this done by March. So I think that's, that's great if we can find more people to do that. Yeah, and
1: I, I don't think we've said this at all on either podcast yet, but we're in the Raleigh area, Raleigh, North Carolina, so... You know, if you're in the the three state area, basically, so Virginia, South Carolina, yeah. Georgia, even Tennessee, um, I'll commute. Man. You know, we'll yeah, we'll find our way to you pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a problem. And if you want to come to us, you know, my door is open for anybody who wants to come visit. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, cool. Well, that'll wrap it up. Um, we have, I think, a few podcasts coming up here shortly. Um, I know, like we just said, we want to get Mike on here. We're going to get a couple other guys jeremiah who's a uh, retired navy seal and so that'll be great but we've got some exciting new things coming in the meantime if you want to follow along on our instagram it's uh we are united valor um pretty much everything is the same website weareunitedvalor.com if you want to email us or you have any questions you can reach us at info at weareunitedvalor.com